1: Well, welcome back as we head into our three. It is a delight to bring back to the show Pete Peterson. Our good friend Pete Peterson is the dean at the Pepperdine School of Public Policy, publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu, his website, their website. You can follow him on Twix, Twitter X, uh, of course, he has one of the more active, uh, great stuff. When you want to follow some of the studies, we talk up at Pete4CA, at Pete, the number four NCA. Happy New Year, Pete. And to you, Seth, Happy New Year. Thank you, brother. Thank you. I hope you had a good holiday and good set of celebrations. I was making the point yesterday that, you know, there's there's this funny lurch from December to January where, you know, December, it starts off with some stresses because, you know family presents holidays travel and that sort of thing but the last part of december is kind of about beautiful things and tranquil things and um and good things family faith that sort of thing peace goodwill a <laughs> good uh, peace on earth and goodwill towards man well, towards man yeah, yeah and then and then january it happens almost every time january starts out like a beast and it comes with yeah. you know all yeah. kinds of horrible, terrible pieces of news, and it's just such a lurch. It's such a lurch. Yeah. And I was saying with the audience, what can we do to have a more, you know, society should be geared more towards the an end of December point of view rather than a January point of view. It's just I don't know what to say about it. I just wanted to throw it at you. If that's your experience, no, and I,
2: I I think everybody's attentions are on the holidays and and the new year as they as they should be. I think in many ways we've kind of patterned ourselves uh, toward that. And, and certainly, as you said, Seth, you know, some of the maybe stresses in the early part of December are all kind of geared toward yeah. uh, the holidays. And so when the holidays happen, it, it is kind of a relief. And we kind of, in in some cases, get a break in that kind of Christmas to Hanukkah to New Year's time. But it, it, it almost feels like you're not really thinking about what you're jumping into back in december even though it's a month away and when you do arrive and i'm experiencing that this week you know classes start here in malibu on monday but my goodness this week even without students on campus all the planning that we're doing oh yeah we've got this event coming up in three weeks and we've got this other thing coming up in a month it's 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 almost like this deluge of of plans have fallen upon you um so it's a, a interesting perspective that you i think outline there which is which is unique to that December to January window.
1: You'll forgive us in Phoenix for not feeling too badly for the person who utters, oh my gosh, classes start in Malibu. You no, you know, and, and, you know this is this is our
2: great recruiting time for students in the north and northeast right now. Uh, okay, in good. fact, most of our ad campaigns right now are just taking a screen
1: capture of our. Uh, I
0: saw smartphone yes, with a weather. It. On That'll it. do this it. That'll stuff. do it.
1: it. I think there was an old Rolls Royce campaign ad in like circa 1967 or so. And the ad campaign was no ad campaign. Just the happy faces of people behind the wheels of a Rolls Royce. <laughs> All they needed, you know?
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, I do want to make an important point about that. So I'm going to bookmark it and come back to it. But I got to say this to you I don't know if you saw Joe Biden's speech earlier today at Valley Forge. On this point, a little in. bit. Well, you can imagine in. what it was. It was yeah. all extremism and saving democracy yeah. nonsense. But, yeah. but and were there any red lights up behind him? No, the, we that, were spared that, that. But it was at Valley mm. Forge, so you can imagine yeah. the first five minutes about George Washington, the importance of Valley yeah. Forge, George Washington fighting for democracy, and all this sort of thing. But he started with, you know, how tough the fight of Valley Forge was and how these ordinary yeah. citizens braved the storms, the bitter winter, the bitter winter and all that. And and I was thinking about that because, you know what, my producer, David, whom you know, he said, yeah. why did he give it today, a January 6th speech on January 5th? And, and yeah. if you think about it, January 6th, actually, regardless of any pregnancy to that date itself it would have been a better speech given uh, a better day to give the speech given the way news happens on sunday and people don't really read friday afternoon stuff on saturday you know yeah. saturday's the yeah. you know that's when friday is when and you release an the an stuff you, news dump yeah yeah it's when you early, want yeah, yeah bury the bury the secrets on friday afternoon <laughs> do you know what the answer is there is an answer to this it's a good one You'll like but, this. You'll like this. Speaking of classes in Malibu, uh, <laughs> it actually was scheduled to be given on Saturday, January sixth, uh, and because a snowstorm was coming, they decided to change it to January fifth today, Friday, <laughs> to get ahead of it. Now you think about what George Washington had at his exactly. disposal and those men of exactly. Valley Forge. Never mind the yeah. Gore Tex, <laughs> planes, oh, and snowplows, and is. probably heated sweaters and all the appurtenances. <laughs> He, That's right. he avoided the. You snow know, if they storm. really, yeah. yeah,
2: if we if we really wanted <laughs> yeah. to resonate with that day, yeah. you actually had the weather pattern yeah. all
1: set yeah. up for you yeah. on that day, yeah, yeah, That's and great. Air Force One. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, and heated sweaters, <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, you know, <laughs> uh, and
2: Gore-Tex. Quick, back to the back yeah. to the motorcade and yeah. the yeah. Marine helicopter. Yeah. Back to Air yeah. Force. Yeah, make One, sure the just motorcade like is Washington. Did. Yeah, make
1: sure you maintain the heat level for when I get back into it. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of funny. Let me go back to the December January thing for a second because you're just the right guide for me to try this out on. I wonder if it means, you know, that whatever you want to call it, two-week period in December that is, you know, family, faith, and and uh, and peace on earth mode of thinking. And then January comes and, you know, yes, all obviously the stresses of work in the new year for everyone, but also in the world, you know, look at the world on fire right now. And look at the political, heated political debates right now. Joe Biden not helping, of course. And no one's helping. I mean, you can't take politics out of politics. It's an election year. But the the rhetoric is pretty high-pitched. Does it say that that's our default? Our default is fight? Our default is uh, aggression or aggressiveness? And that um, our default is not? In, In other words, the last two weeks of December are aberrational, maybe? Does it say that a little bit, too, maybe? Yeah, it does. But I, I do think that there's
2: something about patterns of behavior and rhythms, right? That that I, I do think that in the same way that for many years as we were growing up as kids, you had that rhythm of the school year and then the summer and then you get back on it. I mean, there was that... Yep. I, I think in some ways our, our mind and our body was kind of tuned to that rhythm. And I think in the same way that there is something about having particularly Hanukkah and Christmas and then New Year's and all the the importance of those celebrations and what we're celebrating there, even if you're not particularly a person of faith, but at least understanding what others are celebrating mm that there is something really kind of poignant about the way that we are preparing our minds and spirits for a a um for a celebration. Yeah. Um and and when that happens and you actually then get into the season itself, um there is a, a, a an opportunity there to just kind of experience that with others, with friends and family. There are natural gatherings that happen around those uh, times of year as well. And again, I think there's so much emphasis as there should be on those those days and times that we almost kind of in some ways detach ourselves from the the so-called real world that we're going back into that reappears on January 2nd. Um, that for for so many of us realize, oh, my goodness, you know, this, uh, you know, there are so many things that uh, I need to get back to, you know, focusing on or planning for or, or the rest of that, that there's a suspension that happens uniquely in that December uh, to early January period that is um, – It's difficult to place anywhere else on the calendar.
1: You know, you're right about the rhythms, uh, whether they're circadian or otherwise, that we accustomize ourselves to. If you ever, God forbid, leave academia, I bet it will still be true that your year in your mind will always start in September and not in January as it does now. It still does for me. It still does for me. Very much. You know,
2: and and, and that that is the case, and you, you know, I, I just saw an interview recently with a professional football player that had retired in the last year you know that the the whole feeling that you know this is playoff time and this is really you know where my mind is going and i mean in in some ways you know his body is almost viscerally reacting there is that that. you
1: know there is that. absolutely let me take a quick break i want to come back on peace and war in the world with you pete peterson is my guest we'll be right back Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Pete Peterson is my guest. He's the dean at the Pepperdine School of Public Policy. If you are interested in a career in public policy, the Pepperdine School – no one does it better. No one does it better. Uh, Quote Carly Simon. Uh, but it's uh also has to quote Henry Kissinger the benefit of being true. Pete, let me let me let me do one more thing with you on the on the conditions of the world. It does seem that it's on fire right now, no matter where mm. you look. Africa, um, Asia, uh the Middle East, God knows, um, and even our Central America and southern border, which is an incredible story that no one that too few too yeah. few networks are are covering and the white house seems just totally uninterested in things are i was using the word yesterday perhaps unadvisedly but i was using the word pandemonium if you take a serious yeah. look at at what's going on right yeah. now it it feels that way pete
2: it does and just as you rightly outlined um not just internationally although that certainly is a large part of it but domestically as well i mean the uh I was in a conversation with someone um, who happens to be a little bit more on the left who was railing against uh, Governor Abbott and some of the steps made by so-called red state governors Mm -hmm. regarding immigration. And, you know, I had to remind this person that one of the breaking stories here in Southern California uh, just in the last few weeks is that it's been discovered that Customs and Border Protection are busing those in the country illegally into downtown San Diego and just dropping people off by
1: busloads, uh huh, uh huh,
2: and not notifying the city, not notifying the state, not notifying local nonprofits. But this is the administration. <laughs> this isn't Governor so Abbott. So
0: interesting.
2: And I'm so and I'm guessing that's happening in other places. But a real growing story. Scottsdale, here is, Arizona in, had this. Scott, it may yes. still
1: but it was a story last year they were doing it in Scottsdale yeah go ahead sorry well
2: and it's by the hundreds yeah, yeah. and this is not red state governors doing this you know the the stories that we're seeing where people we're, we're seeing some videos on social media at various airports where groups of people are being flown to different places that's that's being done by the federal government that is not being done by uh so called uh, conservative governors. yeah, And so the administration is directly involved in this mess. And it, it shows that even if you're not particularly partisan, you understand that an agency has a particular job to do. And yeah. if you're part of Customs and Border Protection, and you have a border, one would think that your job is to secure that border. But every single day, we witness Government failure, and have to just keep asking the question: How does this continue to happen? And especially when the leaders of these agencies, like
1: Mayorkas, are Deny. telling us
2: every day yep. the border's under control. Yeah,
1: yeah. This is the yeah. This is one of the greatest lies. Um, this is one of the greatest political lies of the last two or three years, and and it's an yeah. ongoing lie that we are all expected to just kind of live with and think it's okay, but that. Criticism leveled at red state governors and not the administration is also interesting to me. I keep a list of things that Democrats do and blame Republicans for doing when Republicans do less. William Buckley had a great Latin expression, quadlicit jovi, non-licit bovi, what is permitted to the gods is not permitted to the swine, and we are the swine. And, mm-hmm. and, and and I don't know a better way to describe it, really. But it, that, that that is a fascinating point you're making. When the feds do it, no critique. But when yep. red state governors do it, uh, chicken little. Yeah, yeah.
2: And, of course, you're seeing some of these mayors, like the mayor of New York City and, to a degree, the mayor of Chicago and um, a couple of these other blue cities, um, and obviously most of them are, but they're requesting support from the White House, but yeah. they're not condemning the White House right. for this policy. For giving them the,
1: pro- the wholesale problem, yeah, the wholesale right. problem, because what we have from the Democrats is uh, – uh, retail sanity and wholesale madness. That's, that's 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 what's taking place right here. Because yeah, you're right. There is <laughs> for every problem, there is a cause. I, I, think, I, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. think I read that somewhere. Uh, I think I read that. Yeah, the old
2: cause and effect. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. And,
1: and and not really <laughs> addressing what
2: the cause is for reasons, you know, of uh, political expediency or mm-hmm. worse ideology. Yeah. Uh, we're we're not calling into account the fact that it's really the administration that's caused this
1: problem. Yeah, fascinating point. And I think it's going to... How much do you think that'll be part of this campaign? How resonant of a story is that for the Republican Party? I think it's year? huge. Yeah, yeah.
2: And I think it's huge, again, for a number of reasons. Um, one is that it just shows the futility of this administration, right? Yeah. I mean, this administration ran on two things a so-called return to normalcy mm-hmm. and the other phrase that we often heard is that we need the adults back in charge right 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 and what we've seen is as you i think uh, titled it pandemonium yeah i think we it see is. government failure all around we see futility if not um uh provocative weakness uh internationally that i think many would have agree i certainly at least think it's worth debating whether if trump had won re-election back in 20 would russia have invaded ukraine
1: i i think that's at least debatable i don't think uh, the afghanistan thing would have transpired the way it did and i don't the way think, it did. Yeah, and I agree I, and i don't think russia would have nor do i think would have hamas attacked nor do i think would the houthi uh, terrorists be firing on the American military. But I will concede, at least let's have the debate. At least yeah. let's have the debate. And let's have, by the way, the theoretical proven by the factual. And the factual is for four years, none of that happened.
2: And so I do think it's also worth noting that when you look at the approval ratings and the almost now coming up on four-year history of approval ratings for this president – he never recovered. He has never recovered from the Afghan withdrawal. I agree with that.
1: One other thing, ending the division, wasn't that a promise? Yeah. And I don't know. And if, here we are. I, I don't even uh, know if you can measure. Is this, is this measurable? Are we, is there a way to measure if we're more divided now? But it certainly feels like it. It certainly feels like it. I don't and,
2: and it certainly seems like yeah. by uh, you know reference to the speech today at yeah. Valley Forge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah. mean, are we entering a new period of revolution? Is that well, what we're well, to be that, that, from
1: this? that is sprinkled on top of the issue that the other party is against democracy. I mean, the transcript <laughs> hasn't been posted yet, but when it does, you will see uh, uh, danger to democracy, threat to democracy, fighting for democracy, fighting to save the democracy, probably in 17 or 18 or 20 different iterations over the course of what is about a 30 minute speech. Let me. Um, Let me take a break and come back to you. i got to talk to you about Harvard. i got to talk to you. I've been wanting to do this for weeks. Pete Peterson is my guest from the Pepperdine School of Public Policy. Okay, there's our Carly Simon. We'll be right back. That's Sonny and Cher? Yes. Is that Sonny? Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show. Pete Peterson is my guest. Pete is the dean at the Pepperdine School of Public Policy. You know that old song, Pete? You probably knew it from Three Dog Night originally, I'm guessing. I think
2: that's right. It's certainly a familiar lyrics.
1: Yeah. Yes. It was actually written originally, believe it or not, about the Brown versus Board of Education decision. My goodness. And if you go back to the original lyrics um, and see it, you'll see it's all about, yeah, that. Written by, of all people—you know who wrote it? You'll, you'll like this, Pete. You're a musician. Yeah. Written by, of all people, Alan Arkin's dad. Remember Alan Arkin from The In-Laws? Of course. His dad. Yeah. I just love that kind of trivia. I'm, I'm wow, sorry. Yeah, that's I'm sorry to bring <laughs> you no, down that's to great. my cultural <laughs> level. But speak, <laughs> speaking of culture and education, Harvard. Claudine yeah. Gay, La Faire Claudine Gay, Pete. What to yeah. say? What yeah. would you say about all this?
2: Well, of course, what it is being turned into is, and, and really at the instigation of uh, former President Gay herself in the New York Times opinion uh, page, is that this is really a right-wing assault. Mm-hmm. And it's not just a, a right-wing assault on her. It, this is, of course, a part and parcel of a larger conservative attack on higher education. and. This, of course, is is becoming an increasingly weird uh, critique that has not just been raised by President Gay, but when you look into the steps that conservative legislators and scholars are taking in places like the University of Florida, right. uh, where they have launched this new Hamilton Center and hired Ben Sass as president. Yep. Uh, the the civics institutes that you and I have talked about mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. in places like University of Tennessee, mm-hmm. uh, Skettle right there mm-hmm. in Arizona State, mm-hmm. um, Ohio State, North Carolina, and now at the University of Texas. Yep. Um, conservatives are for the first time understanding uh, that uh, academia is not just something you can throw rocks at anymore. You really need to get involved on the inside. And even if it is creating new institutions within academia, or in the case of what we're seeing with this new university of Austin, that's uh, being created uh, there in Texas, that quite the contrary, this critique that has said that conservatives are trying to tear down education. No conservatives are trying to reform education and the, what What's transpired in the last couple months has really been the revelation of the ideological capture of education and the willingness of those who so-called real, uh, stand for truth. I mean, this, that remains the motto of Harvard, mm-hmm. Veritas,
1: mm-hmm.
2: that you're seeing this inability uh, to come to the truth when it comes to issues as simple as as plagiarism, I'll just say just the last quick thing, which yeah. so many people are missing.
1: Yeah.
2: Six months ago, following an investigation, the president of Stanford yes. was forced to resign yes. after a group of students in the Stanford Daily newspaper yes. uncovered research that he had done on an Alzheimer's treatment and found that he had inflated some of the data figures that he had used in that report. Yes. He was not even working for Stanford at the time. He was working for a drug company called Genentech. Mm-hmm. And this 14-year-old study, which the Stanford students had uncovered, the, the, the changing or inflation of some data, the impact of a certain treatment, that was enough to get the president of Stanford fired. This is Tessier this Levine, instance, right? That's right. Yeah, yeah. And in this instance, we have 50... Right. Proven instances of right. plagiarism, right. and that's supposed to be defensible
1: somehow. And and his his, his and, and I, I believe the president of Stanford was a Caucasian male, right? That is correct. Let, there's more here. Uh, this was a short segment. You know our our rhythms of life here. Uh, <laughs> let me let me take this. Uh, Yeah, rhythm. Good word for it. Uh, Let me uh, take this uh, break real quick, Pete, and come back uh, with you on more of this because there is a lot more. Pete Peterson is my guest. He's the dean at the Pepperdine School of Public Policy, publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you are looking for a career in public policy or just to learn it, that's where to go.
0: Welcome back to the Seth Lipson
1: Show. Pete Peterson is my guest. He is the dean at the Pepperdine School of Public Policy, one of my favorite uh, public intellectuals, uh, and uh, leading one of the great institutions, one of the greatest institutions of higher ed now in the world. Uh, Pete, more on Harvard. There's a, there's a little more I want to talk. Can I, can I pick on this with you a little bit longer? Yeah, of course. Um, Weird, weird how things happen sometimes, you know? I, I don't know if it's chaos theory or a butterfly flapping its wings or what, but throughout COVID, who knew that this, this, this virus out of Wuhan would lead to an huge expose, among other things, of elementary and secondary education? Yeah. And the look under the hood that so many people got of that to be repulsed by and to engage in a lot of reforms and rethinkings and revolutions in the sense of revolution i mean turning things back to where they should have been you know what education was supposed to be um, weird weird moment here too maybe this is higher eds k12 moment maybe you know the refusal yep. to call out obvious chariversies to genocide led to an inspection at the uh, necrosis in higher education and it would be wrong as it is to ignore the issue at stanford and with their president. it would be equally wrong for claudine gay to claim martyrdom based on race when you have the month old example of liz mcgill who went first yeah and i wonder if this is going to lead let us hope this is in all entendres meant here a teachable moment because yeah. because you know you put something interesting up on your um twix account or you po- reposted something interesting on your twitter x account about danielle allen yes danielle allen a highly respected harvard political science professor she interviewed yep. for this presidency at harvard yes. uh yep. and didn't get past an early round and her credentials are f- oh. are they're impeccable by any standard? Claudine yeah. Gay's are questionable yeah. at every standard. I don't yeah, yeah, yeah. and they come. They're both African American females. Yes, yes, sir. Uh, um, do you do you do you? By the way, know who Daniel Allen's dad is? Kind of interesting. I sure do. Yeah, interesting, huh?
2: And not only that, a little uh, maybe insight I can offer you, Seth, who's yeah. so well versed in the histories. Bill Allen is actually a Pepperdine alum.
1: Oh, God love him. He was my teacher at Grassy. He taught me George Washington in grad school. God love it. (laughs) God love that man. Oh, my gosh. And has been on the show. I'll remind people he was on our show. Let me just remind the audience. He was the scholar on our show who uh, was in part responsible for those theoretically controversial standards of history at Florida that he helped write. Okay. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry, Pete.
2: No, just to say, if that is in fact the case, if if Daniel Allen, somebody of great respect um, academically, uh, personally, somebody who might be described politically as center left, certainly as somebody who is a defender of viewpoint diversity. Yeah, she's not. Her, she does not share
1: the political beliefs of her dad. Right?
2: No, she doesn't. No, but. She's also not a winger, right? right. I mean, she's. Right. I mean, it's not like the pendulum has swung completely right. the right. other way. Right. But she is. She would. She ran for governor of Massachusetts as a Democrat, right? So yeah. I mean, this is where she is. So if somebody like that, if it is in fact the case that she didn't make it through the first round of the interviews,
1: something's. Really and
2: somebody happening. like a Claudine Gay was hired. Yeah. Then it, we're, we're not talking even so much about. Um, uh, racial uh determinants that's right on who the kind of person was that the corporation, the Harvard board essentially, mm-hmm. was going to hire mm-hmm. but also their ideological leanings. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if I the the conflagration that has become the Claudine Gay's presidency caused me to go back and look at the entertaining and brief, maybe twenty five, thirty minute documentary on the plight of um, Roland Fryer at oh, right, Harvard.
1: Right, right,
2: And it's available on YouTube. I certainly recommend any of your listeners pulling that up. But it was done at a time when Claudine Gay was then dean of a particular department that Roland Fryer, a respected economist, was a part of. But because he had come up with some, you know, uncomfortable results uh, yeah. on issues related to education mm-hmm. and also uh, police engagement yeah, With, with yeah, blacks
0: right.
2: um, You know she saw it as her mission To try to get him fired Yeah, yeah. And so this is the kind of Ideological View of the world that she was Obviously bringing into her Presidency and it It really is something that That should be disturbing to all And I very much hope That it's the case that Danielle Allen Is now being reconsidered Because I think that would be an amazing outcome out of all of this—that you, if you really just cared about the fact that you—you yeah, you yeah. wanted a black woman in right. that position—then right. you would have someone who is not only that, but also an incredible scholar yep. and a defender of viewpoint. Diversity. Yeah, I
1: mean, there could be no question about her scholarship; it is ample and uh, and beyond. Um, at a younger—I don't know if it's a younger age, but at a sufficiently young and impressive Similar. age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is interesting that there's that old phrase we lawyers sometimes use use results-oriented jurisprudence, you know the phrase. It almost seems like with Harvard, there was a results-oriented, what would I call it here? A, zo- a results-oriented education, right? You ha- mm. And there's some lies that we're all living with on this, too. We're living with the lies that the border is secure. We're living with some other lies about, about a black female Harvard president, because you and I both know that it would have been um, a waste of time, to put it no higher, for someone like uh, I don't know Condi Rice to even apply for the position, I mean it just mm-hmm. wouldn't it wouldn't have even gotten as far as Daniel Allen's candidacy. We know this, yeah. And again, it or it I think we can know. To, it. I think we can know it.
2: Yeah, and and if that would indeed be the case, and I've actually heard her name being raised <laughs> as a possibility, um, only from oh, well, I I, yeah, but only yeah, to, yeah, uh, yeah, right, right. Um, but again, that's it. It does. Speak to the fact that it never really, in the end, is about these categories. It's about the ideology. Correct,
1: correct. There is nothing so durable or as tough as ideology. Hannah Arendt pointed out a long time ago, and it is it explains so much. And it sounds simple, but it really does explain these IDs fix. And the nature of what's going on here. And let's hope there is a revolution here. Let's hope that the University of Austin and what you were citing in Florida yeah. and the Tennessee, let's hope that this is a real moment like we've seen in elementary and secondary education. That would be a nice New Year's. That education revolution would be a nice New Year's resolution. How's that?
2: Well, and we've seen the supposedly 17 percent drop in early admission applications. That's something
1: that's unprecedented, too. Yeah.
2: And I'm hearing in other places that students that otherwise would have applied to Ivy Leagues are now thinking about applying to honors colleges Good. in places like Arizona State Good. and in other friendly confines. I'm sure you, at places like Pepperdine, we're going to benefit you from this. totally We're will. going to see students who Absolutely. otherwise would have applied to those places realize that they've really become ideologically captured.
1: Absolutely right. Pete, Happy New Year. Thank you for doing this with us. And to you. God bless. Portions of this show brought to you by our good friends at Y-Refi. They have a heck of an investment opportunity for you. It's in a secure and collateralized portfolio where you can earn up to a 10.25% fixed rate of return, and the investment is not correlated to the stock market or the Fed. It is secure and collateralized, as I say, but you're in total control here. You um, can turn your income on or off. You can compound it, whatever you like. Uh, there is no attack on principle if you ever need your money back. There are absolutely no fees. And, of course, you get a monthly statement with no surprises. Y-Refi is also headquartered here locally. You can go visit them. Kick the tires. Y-Refi's offices are right on Chauncey Lane in North Phoenix. I've been there any number of times. You will um, get no sales pitch from them. You won't be asked to sign a thing. They may ask you, if you play trumpet, to honk on one of the horns there. So one of the owners is a trumpet player, and he has horns. He always asks me to, and we have a good time. But if you don't visit them in person, check them out online at investyrefi.com. That's invest, the letter Y, then dot com, Or give them a call at 888-Y-REFI-24, 888-Y-REFI-24. Young David, thank you. Uh, where, where do you come down on what Pete and I were discussing you you've obviously seen because who can't what's been going on with elementary and secondary K twelve education do you see um do do you see this as a watershed moment in higher education too or do you think it's a one off I know the the caveat here that the future is the hardest thing to predict but what's your sense you're recently out of college
0: oh my goodness
1: I somewhat uh I gotta maybe I take Dr Bennett's stance on this one they can but they won't. They can have change, but I, they won't. Yeah. Can you, though? Uh, well, Harvard can't, uh, but maybe higher education can. Maybe. It would be. Yeah, it's it's a maybe. It's. Uh, I was thinking about this uh, yesterday after the show, is uh, there is no meal great enough to satisfy yeah. the appetite That's of right. liberals. That's right. And That's so right. there's nothing that they won't self-consume. You're right, because it's not about hunger. It's about appetite. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right So about I, that. I just, you know, I don't even
0: know if they can.
1: Yeah. I don't know if they can. They've sold out, oh, and now they have to keep feeding the beast. Yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting. Um, well, we'll return to it, obviously. Pete said one thing. He'd probably agree with my asterisk on this. He said, for the first time, people are waking up. Um, I, 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 Alan Bloom deserves some credit for writing about this in 1987, almost 30 years ago, in the closing of the American Mind. Um, but it took 30 years, didn't it? I guess it takes a generation to win a fight and to lose one, as Ronald Reagan taught us. Folks, uh, thanks for spending some of your week with us. We'll be back Monday. Until then, God bless you all. I'm Seth Leapson, and class is dismissed.